This is a Young Farmer Business Program podcast. Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Propagate, the podcast devoted to young farmers and fishers. In this season, we're tackling a big, important, and sometimes scary topic, succession planning. The New South Wales Department of Primary Industries Young Farmer Business Program run a lot of events for young farmers and fishers through the year, and questions about succession planning pop up all the time. So we've decided to focus an entire season on answering these questions. For the majority of this season, you're going to hear from real farmers who will share their real stories, warts and all. They weren't as patient as what we were. I was wanting uh, the timeline to go an extra few years. Um, five years ended up being nine years in total. This is just so frustrating. Like if we'd sat down with a succession planner. <laughs> We've got a relationship again. It's just sad that it come to what it did when we were in partnership with them. Talking about succession planning, that wasn't even a word invented back in the 70s. But to get us started, we wanted to get the nuts and bolts down. First up, we're going to hear from succession planning experts about the key ingredients to a good succession plan and why you need to have one. A succession plan is what you hope will happen into the future. Lynn Sykes has over 30 years' experience facilitating succession planning meetings with farming families. My concern is what's going to happen if there's a tragedy now? Because what I've seen is absolute carnage in families when someone has died unexpectedly without a plan. People never speaking again, not communicating for the rest of their lives ending up in the High Court. There are some nasty war stories out there and nobody wants to be one of those stories and so sometimes just doing nothing, which is a choice as well, seems easier. Isabel Knight is a succession planning facilitator who runs Proactive. It's a business dedicated to helping families transition their business through succession. Succession planning is part of good business management. It's a process that facilitates a family business to continue. And in order to continue a business, we need to choose successors. And in farming families, we tend to find that they are a family member. Farming is a very capital intensive business that does require mostly the majority of a family's assets and they don't have a solution for how to treat all their children fairly if they don't all want to farm. So they know it's a difficult conversation that they don't have a solution for and so they avoid it really rather than saying, well, let's start having some conversations. For experts like Isabel and Lynn, the groundwork for succession doesn't take place on the balance sheet or even in the paddocks. The real work begins with open communication. And the health of family relationships, they're often interconnected with the health of the business. My interest is in families, but I learnt very early in the process that 
until the business and the future of the business was clear, the family didn't stand a chance. So that's why I became pushy and aggressive about, for goodness sake, get this business sorted. Because the risk is if you don't, your family's going to be decimated. Succession planning comes down to communication. If the communication's not there, it's going to be a really challenging process. And if the couple, the older couple, don't communicate well, you get that trickle-down lack of communication. A lot of us are familiar with how family get-togethers can resurface all those historical issues we thought were resolved or that fly under the radar. Well, succession conversations, they can be very similar. Sometimes when you create that safe environment and pursue a line of questioning, people will drop into the emotion of many years ago and be very under-resourced. So you will get a 40-year-old woman sounding and looking like a five-year-old child and having the resources of a five-year-old child to try and make decisions. So it's, you know, a lot of people say succession, you can't get emotional. My belief is you have to be able to work with the emotion because it's a crucial part of the process for people to get that understanding. It all sounds a bit terrifying, working with emotions and trying to plan for the future of the business with your family. There is some good news, though. These scary discussions can also help families pull together and understand each other better. Isabel Knight says the trick is to tackle these issues with some structure around them. I think families often land in a room together for the first time when they have to make decisions and they're not armed with the wherewithal to communicate appropriately and they don't understand that you can have difficult conversations and not make them personal. We need to make sure that we give ourselves appropriate platforms to do it, not family gatherings where we're drinking alcohol and somebody says something they can't retract. That's a great tip. Avoid heavy-duty conversations at family gatherings that could include too many alcoholic beverages. Balancing the relationships in the business is tricky. I think families do need to focus on the relationships as a priority because at the end of the day, on our deathbeds or in our beds at night, the things that worry us the most are our relationships. I know that droughts, hard times, financial pressures will also worry us, but they're the things that come and go in business. I think the relationships actually are a major priority. So getting some expert help for something as important as succession planning sounds worth it. Why then do so many people avoid doing it or leave it until it's too late? It's hard. It's really hard. There's a a really interesting book about crucial conversations and it says a crucial conversation has three elements. Emotion is involved, there are differing opinions and the stakes are high. That's why succession planning is difficult. Stakes are high, a huge amount of emotion involved and everybody's got an opinion and they're usually different. Families are complex. Business is complex. When you put the two things together, that's why it's hard because you need to deal with those relationships. 
Everyone wants to feel part of the show. And I think that's the risk. If you don't start the communication early and it becomes the normal part of the family, then it's always going to be more difficult to start. It's like talking to your kids about sex when they're 30. You know, you need to start when they're five. It's a bit late when they're 30. And just like that particular conversation, it's not all bad news. Despite the horror stories, there are some good news alternatives. A positive outcome would look like the next generation managing the business and probably owning the business, being very clear about what the business's purpose is. It might be that it has a horizon where it's provisioning for mum and dad. It might be that it has a horizon as part of its business plan where it's provisioning for some people who are not on farm. And then it has a horizon where maybe it's growing for the benefit of their next generation. The key theme in this scenario is everyone is on the same page about the future and where the opportunities are for everyone involved. The mums and dads would be clear about their security and their capital requirements and the off-farm family members would be absolutely clear about what constitutes an opportunity for them during mum and dad's lifetime sometimes and then post. And there would be a family deed of agreement that everyone has signed off on. So in my mind, a good outcome is a family who's got a good plan and they're revisiting that regularly over time while ever something is required to be delivered. And to me, those families, A, are communicating well, they're taking on board new opportunities, they're saying this capital will benefit us all, even if it is in different ways at different times. That, to me, is a wonderful, wonderful outcome and parents have got peace of mind and even if people are very different to each other, at least they can respect each other in the process. And that's what we want. That all sounds much better than families who no longer talk to each other. There are a few other people who can help at this point. Tom Larkin's an accountant who operates a financial services firm in Dubbo. He knows a thing or two about the financial aspects of succession planning. Succession planning is a very complex area and I don't feel that one individual or one technical expert uh, is is the solution in their own right. I feel that uh, the accountant plays a role in succession planning, but they're part of a team. The stronger plans uh, use a team approach. It starts with good communication and understanding of values of individuals and also the understanding of the reality of the situation. You know, skilled facilitators are really important in succession planning. And then I would say there's other technical experts that are brought in to help shape the plan. Uh, and those technical experts will be accountants around tax and structuring, but they'll also be financial planners around uh, retirement planning and structuring of retirement cost of living and funding for the older generation. Planning for the older generation is super important, but this can be a challenging task when the farming business and the farming assets are so interconnected, especially when it comes to tax. Typically speaking, the farming business is separate from the farming land. 
Uh, and it, it's an important separation to understand that when I move the farming land, I've got to consider capital gains tax and stamp duty. When I move the farming business, uh, there may be other implications that I need to understand. And the farming business will typically entail, you know, the livestock, uh, the plant and equipment, the growing crops, the working capital, those types of things. When they move, uh, they potentially trigger profit or income tax implications. It's hard to keep up with this tax stuff, right? Luckily, accountants like Tom deal with these scenarios all the time. Now, some of those can be worked through with joint rollover elections, but if, if we take a, a livestock plant or growing crop and move it from one person's ownership to another, typically from a tax point of view, there's a deemed sale of that. And, and whether there's cash paid or not, there's still a deemed sale at market value from a tax point of view. And there's things that can be done to manage that tax effectively, but they need to be considered as part of it. So transparency around the business plan, the assets, and the family's vision for the future is all super important, particularly for the younger generation who might not be 100% across how things have been run in the past. The key financial aspects around understanding are what are the balance sheets, what are the equities, where are the assets held, um, what are the unrealised capital gains tax liabilities in those assets, What's the cash flows of the business? You know, where does that cash go? And, you know, understanding that is really crucial to then saying, well, what can I commit to in a plan? Understanding the cost of living requirements is a big one. People say, it costs me nothing to live. But when you're out of the business, that becomes your cost of living spend. And so quantifying that and including that is really important. Understanding the business performance from a break-even and cash flow generated point of view understanding the balance sheet, what are the assets and what are the debts, understanding the asset ownership, so who owns it and what are the unrealised tax liabilities of that. I think they're probably the top ones in in getting an understanding because they will help you then be able to work towards a plan where you're making commitments that you know are realistically achievable. If you don't have that information, uh, it's very hard to make a commitment on a plan that you know is realistically achievable. There's a lot to consider here, especially if a family wants to set mum and dad up for retirement and pass on a practical business to the next generation. So good financial advice will go a long way. Every family and every business is unique, but there are key things that can help all businesses with the money stuff. The challenge of timing, you know, when's the right time to start planning? How do I fund the older generation's cost of living, how do I fund non-farming family members and how do I service debt? So there's always that that challenge there of finding the balance. One of the really consistent themes is also fairness and equity. So, uh, you know, fair isn't equal all the time and equal isn't always fair. This is an important point. Equal isn't always fair. If we were to carve up a balance sheet equally, we may not leave the farm in a viable state. So if we focus on equal on day one, we may burden the farming business with such a high debt load that they are destined for failure. So we've been equal, but we haven't been fair in the future. That doesn't mean that we are unable to work towards equality, but maybe there's timing involved in when payments occur and and access to capital. And maybe there's ability for non-farming members to maybe use a capital asset to leverage to buy a business or invest themselves or buy a home. Um, So they're still getting some use and enjoyment 
of that asset as well, but maybe not getting cash value of that from day one. So, so yeah, look, I think a consistent theme around fairness and equality and viability and sustainability is always there and finding a balance between those things is really important. Again, communication is crucial to understanding the facts to get a good sense of the bigger picture. And that's where a plan comes in. A solid, easy-to-understand plan that everyone is on board with. But now, of course, things don't always work out according to that plan. Even within a good plan, I think there's moments in time where there's pressure. Where things don't work well, you know, consistently, a lot of it falls back to communication. And sometimes where it's not communication, then it's around business performance. The business isn't performing strongly, then it isn't able to meet the demands and, and the requirements to execute the plan. We try to avoid that. We try and set each element of the plan up for success. Now, it doesn't mean that there's things outside our control that will hamper that, you know, weather events and the like that, that we just have no control over. But we try and focus on that viability, sustainability and understanding those cash flows, but we also focus on asset protection. You know, so where it doesn't go well, we, we hopefully have things put in a way that the older generation's income streams for funding their cost of living are, are somewhat protected and the asset base that generates those income streams are, are protected for them into the future. From a financial point of view, there's one more thing to keep in mind. Flexibility and, and openness to ideas, especially where we've seen it from the older generation, seems to achieve some really good outcomes. You know, some of the older generations that have provided a lot of flexibility and a lot of openness and are open to new ideas really seem to, to form a high level of respectful communication with the younger generation and, and that allows, I guess, a sharing of ideas openly in a fairly comfortable environment and they can bounce off each other to get to really good outcomes. So if financial conversations and the family goals are in line, what does the future look like? Isabel Knight paints a pretty positive picture. Now, with all that we have, being assets, being human resources, our people, being the experience of mum and dad, the energy and enthusiasm of the next generation, being expertise from off-farm family members into the space, with all of that, let's do the best we can do as a family group and value each other in this space. No one is going to be any more important than the other except for mum and dad. We're going to prioritise them. The potential for tension in succession planning is obviously pretty huge. But life is anything but predictable. And in the case of a sudden tragedy, a plan may actually save a family heartache. Lynn has seen this firsthand. I was in Victoria and I think it was a sheep conference and a lot of people. And... This young man stood up and said, Lynn Sachs facilitated a family meeting for us. And I thought, here we go. We had a day with Lynn and we came up with a plan. And he said, unbeknownst to us, my father was really ill and he died a month later. And he said, having that plan allowed us to grieve without any contamination from the business. He said it was a priceless gift. 
having a plan that everyone knows about and everyone's pretty largely okay with creates the opportunity for the family to have a really close, intimate, supportive family. And I think that's priceless. And if anyone was still on the fence about being brave and taking the plunge with succession planning, Lynn has some firm words. I guess for those people who are on the edge about making a decision and think, oh, you know, it's too hard or why would I bother? The potential that it offers you as a family has no boundaries for support, love, care, ongoing generations. That's why bother. And there's the goal. Succession planning begins with a family who can learn to communicate openly. Being transparent and reaching a shared vision for the family business can also help keep relationships intact. Because at the end of the day, the health of the family and the health of the business, they're all interconnected. In this season of Propagate, we're going to hear from families who have worked through the challenges that succession planning throws up and learn about what the outcomes of succession planning can be. Talking about succession planning, that wasn't even a word invented back in the 70s. It's hard. The balance of power was always weighted in the older generation side, which, again, I understand. But in a business, you need to take the family out of a business somehow. Here I was litigating in Phillips Street, Sydney, doing a lot of challenging of wills. I just realised that there must be a better way for farmers to do succession. Propagate is brought to you by the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries Young Farmer Business Program. You can find all the episodes on the Young Farmer Business Program website and you can find us on your favourite podcast player. Don't forget to hit subscribe and thanks for listening.